Welcome to Tax Wrap, the podcast of Tax and Super Australia. Each fortnight, we present news and insights to tax and SMSF practitioners. If you've got any questions, comments or even suggestions, get in touch at podcast at taxandsuperaustralia.com.au. Welcome to the Tax Rack Podcast, episode 204. I'm your host, Steve Burnham. Now, many listeners will have heard of Ken Mansell. Ken presents our monthly tax update webinars, as well as making many other contributions to the bank of tax and super products and events. I rang Ken, who lives in Canberra recently, to tap into his thoughts on the proposal to exclude non-residents from the main residence CGT exemption. Hi Ken, thanks for being with us. Um, I'd just uh, like to touch base with Canberra every now and then just to see what uh, what you've got the finger on the pulse as it were. What do practitioners need to know in the world of tax? Yeah, well, we're getting towards the end of another year and the government is trying to finalise a lot of legislation that it promised before the election, yeah. after the election, and a lot of the stuff that it couldn't get through in the last parliament, right? Because they've got more senators now, they actually think they can get some through, some things through that we wish they would never get through. Oh, okay. So is that why the, the push is on, as it were? Yeah. Okay. So the, the big change they're getting through that we don't want to. They, they're trying to get through with some changes to the main residence exemption, or oh, limiting okay. the main residence exemption. Yeah, that's we don't not, want that to happen. We don't want that for ha- to happen. No. Okay. <laughs> Tell us what's the changes are proposed, and maybe we can come back to why that's not a good thing. Yeah, so the government proposed it a few years ago, actually two budgets ago, and it's this idea that non-residents shouldn't get the main residence exemption. It's yeah. really just two, two bits of background you've got to understand. Firstly, the biggest tax concession that any individual gets in their life is the main residence exemption. Oh, yeah. Super's close, all the tax-free super and concessionally tax super, but when you look at the, the tax expenditure statement, the government puts out this analysis of all tax concessions. That's right. The, the main residence exemption is about $60 billion a year right. of less tax. So yeah. it's the biggest concession. And the government's saying to a whole group of people, if you are a non-resident, then you will not be getting the biggest tax concession you get in your life. Yeah. And that's, that's pretty scary. It is, yeah. The, the problem is that they're not doing it the way that previous changes for non-residents and capital gains have been done. Okay, well, how's that? Well, since 2012, non-residents haven't been able to claim the CGT discount, which sounds pretty much the same as what we've got here, except when when some of us who were involved in writing that law there, we wrote it so that if, if Steve, you were you bought some Woolworth shares today, that's a bad example, if, if you bought something today and you became a non-resident for half the period that you owned it and you sold it... Yep. You, you still get the discount for the time that you were a resident. So you oh, yeah. have to work out the gain that happened while you were a resident and you get the discount for that. Right. Whereas this change here, they've decided that's too hard to do, <laughs> to do that apportionment, and they have said straight up, Steve, if on the day that the CGT event occurs... As in you sell property. you sign the contract yep. and you are a non-resident on that day, you get no main resident exemption on that house at all, ever, on any of the capital gains. <laughs> Going back for however long you've owned it, etc. Yeah, when you put it that way, it doesn't really seem right. And they, they, they're, so they, they're blatantly obvious about it. Their first example they have in the explanatory memorandum is someone who bought a house in 2010, yep. lived in it for eight years, in Australia, Australian resident, 
went on a short-term secondment over to New York, and when they got over there, ran into probably one of Donald Trump's family members, <laughs> and decided, wanted to marry them. Uh-huh. And of course, therefore, they no longer needed the house. But because they've now, you know, moved overseas, they've locked in overseas, yeah. their dogs moved over with them, they're, <laughs> they're definitely, you tick the non-resident box, and yeah. they sell the house in 2020. Well, you'd hope that they get the main residence exemption from 2010 to 2018. For that eight years, yeah. Resident, yeah. And then they wouldn't get the main... But no, this says, even though for eight of the ten years that this person owned the house, yeah. they were a resident in Australia, because on the day that they signed the contract to sell it, they're a non-resident, yeah. they get no main resident exemption. They have to pay the capital gains tax on the whole of the gain from 2010 to 2020. Which is huge. So, I mean, yeah, just looking at the property market in that time, I mean, not, not that that's re- that relevant, but um, it's a huge impost, isn't it? It's huge. Yeah. I know I know. we don't have big houses like you guys have in Sydney and Melbourne. We have a street, <laughs> we have a street in Canberra right. where, all the, uh, where all the embassies are and the houses around there sell for probably like a two-bedroom apartment in Melbourne for $3.4.5 million and wow. things like that. Yep, yep. And I've, I've got a, I know someone who, uh, I know some accountants who advised the person there who has owned that house since the early 1990s when they bought it for a couple of hundred thousand dollars. Right. now worth $4 bucks. They were seconded overseas over to the World Bank and they've decided to stay there. Right, yeah. And so that, there is a $3 million gain on that house Amazing. Most of that was while they were resident. But if they sold that house today, instead of paying no tax, they'll be paying tax on a $3.5 million house. And that's yep. going to be close to a million dollars in tax, given yeah. their yeah. marginal tax rates and things. So this is a change in a, of a million dollars for someone. Yeah. So um, it's, it's, I've just had a thought. I mean, um, I'm not a practitioner, Ken, as you know, but I, I like to ask the questions. I know that... The word intention uh, crops up a lot in, in some um, tax legislation. So for that eight years, going back to this example of the person who went to New York and bought Donald Trump's, well, you know, let's, let's get back to the example. Um, yeah. During those first eight years, she intended to be an Australian. She intended to live in a house. It, um, even just from that point of view, it doesn't really seem right. But anyway, I'm interrupting. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, the, 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 problem, the real problem here is that the standard answer that you, would, that you are currently giving to that person as they're heading over to New York yep. is now wrong. Because what you'd say, they'd come to you and go, look, I've owned this house for eight years, hmm. but I'm not going to live in it for the next eight years. I'm going to rent it out. Oh, Can yeah. I still get the main residence exemption? And the answer you would have given was, well, yes. Renting it out, you can continue the main resident exemption for another six years. We call it the six-year rule. Yep. You can keep it for six years, and if you don't rent it out, you can keep your main residence forever, but most people will rent it out. You've yep. got to come back every six years and re-establish your residence, and then you can go over again, and you'll never have to pay any capital gains on tax on yeah, yeah. And that sounds right, except you said that to the person who went over to New York. They think they've got six years. Oh, but if yeah. they become a non-resident, they decide not to come back yep. and they sell it, they're not extending the main residence for another six years. They're, what's the difference of extending? They're, they're contracting the main... They're, they're getting no main residence at all. No. Exemption. They're no. not extending it for the time they're in New York. They're actually destroying it for the time that they were in Australia living in the house. And, and this, is the, this is the real 
this is the real challenge that we've got now. Someone goes overseas and they say, look, I think I'm coming back in two years' time. Can I get the main residence exemption? You give them a six-year rule, yeah. but then you have to say, but if you become a non-resident, yeah. you, you, it looks as though you've locked in over there, then you won't get any main resident exemption unless you come back, re-establish your residency in Australia, yeah. and then sell the, the house. So, you know, I can imagine the client saying, I'm not spending $15,000 on flights and, you know, three months' worth of, um, three yeah. months worth of rent. Every few like years, that. I'm yeah. I'm not spending that yeah. to come back and re-establish my residence. And you say, you do know it's going to cost you a million dollars in tax if you don't. <laughs> then they might change their mind. It might be oh, worth... Oh, I think we're family. We're having a six-month holiday <laughs> yeah. where we can re-establish our residence back in Australia. Just, just given that... So the six-year rule still sticks, does it, with, even with this proposed change? The six-year rule still exists as long as you remain a resident or you re-establish your residence when you finally come back and sell it. Right. Okay. So if, if on the day you sell it, you are not... You, you are a resident. You are not a non-resident. I hate that negatives. Right. If on the day you sell it, you are a resident, then the six-year rule is exactly the same. Right. But right. there's no change to the six-year rule in Div 118 of the 97 Act at all. But you've got to remember to get into Division 118 in the main residence exemption in the first place, yep. there's going to be a clause that says, by the way, if on the day the CGT event occurred, you were a non-resident, yep. please don't read the rest of Division 118 because you don't get any main <laughs> residence exemption at all. Mm. You don't even get into the six-year rule because you're not in the any-year rule. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. The, I know that the Board of Taxation is, um, I think it's currently looking at the definition of residency, non-residency, does that have any implications for this proposed change? Well, it, it will, it will, but they're, they're really looking at the definition of residency and non-residency to create hard and fast. They call them bright lines. They right. actually, the, the Board of Taxation, because currently we've got four tests, yep. and the first one is the resides test, which is the case law, which can, you know, it's really hard to understand. And then you've got the other tests which talk about have you established a permanent place of abode in another country? So residence and non-residence is hard, but yep. in the absolute obvious case where I had my Australian citizen moving to New York, marrying there, taking their name off the, um, the Australian electoral roll, yeah, yeah. having all their bank accounts over there, no matter what changes, that person's going to be a non-resident right. and they're going to lose the main residence exemption. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, I, sorry, you were going to say? I should mention this. this well, it's one exemption and one grandfathering, which I, I think I, I need to get on to. So yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. First, the first exemption is, and this is different from the bill that they tried to introduce back in 1997. Yep. They've accepted some bad things can happen. So... Uh, I might give you the advice that you sh that if you do go overseas, you will become a non-resident for the four years you're over in New York, yep. but you need to come back to sell the house. But while you're overseas, a life event, and I'm using the axe word, might occur, which, which means you might have to sell the property while you're a non-resident, and it would be unfair for you to lose the main residence exemption oh, for, yeah. that, for that life event. So there's, there's only really three life events. If... You or your spouse or a child under 18 dies. If you or your spouse or a child under 18 gets a terminal medical condition yep. or you get divorced in the first six years that you are a non-resident, yep. 
you can still get the main residence exemption. Okay. So again, if Vic, if Vic and I went overseas, we went to, she's a doctor, she, you know, some amazing hospital, we became non-residents, and then she realised that today being my 21-year anniversary, she decided <laughs> it was time to get someone younger and fresher. <laughs> yes. And as a part of the agreement, we couldn't work out who was getting the house, so we sold it. Even though we're non-residents, because we've been non-residents for less than six years, we can still get the main residence exemption on that one. For, for your Australian property? For, for, yeah, for the Australian property. Okay. Um, well, that's the first exemption. I don't, I don't know how helpful it'll be. No. Because, yeah. Well, what, there, you is mean, one you... scary, there is one scary thing. Yeah. I, I can imagine a client coming to me who has become a non-resident, has a house in Australia, has been a non-resident for six years. Yeah. Five years, sorry. And I say, how's the family? He says, great. I say, What's, what are you calling about? He says, I'm calling about selling my house in Australia, the $10 million property on the harbour. Right. I go, could you change the first answer? Could you tell me that your relationship's not going well <laughs> okay. and getting divorced? Because if you get divorced, there'll be no tax on well, the house. Well, how about you, you pass away? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's okay, yeah. Oh, sorry, that's, you're a bit darker than I. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of dark things, what about deceased estates? I mean, what if a non-resident, say someone in, in, that that person who went to America, they sadly die. The yep. the people who the beneficiaries, do they? Is there any implications for them? Yeah, because we know that if um, if I I get my house from my father who passed, I get a house from my father who passed away. If it was his main residence to become, uh, I can get. My ownership period will assume his main residence. Okay. So the time that he held it as under the main residence exemption. But if he's a non-resident, then I don't... He's a non-resident on the day that he dies. Yep. When it gets transferred to me, any time that he had where it was his main residence, I can't get the main residence exemption on. So I could get a house. Again, my, my, my father... Let's say he's from, you know, southern Europe or something. He yep. comes to Australia, builds a house. We grow up in it. We live in it. He decides for the last three years of his life that he's going to go back and live in the motherland, right. wherever it was. So he's a non-resident on the day that he dies. When that house gets transferred to me, I get his cost base. We're assuming it's pre-CGT. Um, yeah. Uh, yep. No, post-CGT. It's not pre-CGT. Right. I get his cost base, but... I get no main residence exemption that covers any of the gain of his life because he was a non-resident on the day that he died. Right, right. So it's, it's just nasty. So, so that it's more it's affecting the tax outcomes more than just the owner of the property. It's yep. the beneficiaries, et cetera, as well. The, la the last thing I haven't I've kind of mentioned before, I've just got to get through that grandfathering. Thing. Yes, this yes. Is, this, is, this is the timely part. This is the part where practitioners will probably straight after Christmas, because no one wants to talk to you now, <laughs> need to sit down with clients and have a chat. Right. Um, obviously, this was first announced, well, obviously, this was first announced on 9 May 2017 in the budget. Right. And so, if you owned a house before 9 May 2017, these rules will not apply to you if you sell your house before 1 July 2020. Uh, okay, yeah. That's so what that means is you, you, you definitely, you've owned this house for, like the example before, like our lady who I bought the house in 2010 yep. and then in 2018 moved to um, New York. So she definitely owned the house before uh, 9 May 2017. Yep. And now she is a non-resident 
and she's never moving back to Australia and she's locked in and she's enjoying living in the Big Apple and everything's wonderful, you're going to have to say to her that if you sell this house after 30 June 2020, you will pay capital gains tax on the entire gain. You get a bit of a CGT discount for the time that you were a resident, but you'll be paying it on the entire capital gain. If you sell this house before 1 July 2020, you will pay no tax on the gain at all. Zero. Yeah, yeah. So she's got to make a choice now. Do I put it on the market quickly and get it sold before 30 June or by 30 June? Or do I keep the house and in six years' time when I want to sell it, do I come back to Australia, re-establish my residency, live in Australia for six months just to avoid paying some tax. That's amazing. And that's the, that's the conversation you're going to have to have with people. Yeah, yeah. Do you imagine being her real estate agent if she puts it on the market? You've got to sell it before June 30. Quick, come on, get cracking. I, I reckon <laughs> I'm going to drive around that one street in Canberra just to go drive around Turak. Yeah. And I'm going, to, I'm going to knock on the doors and say, look, you know, are you a non-resident? Would you like me to buy your house? <laughs> I can do the tax work for yeah, you Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 really is, it really is a mess what, because... What? Yeah, I was going to say, what's, what's, there's going to be a really tight time frame. It is, it is. It's still a bill. It may not get through the Senate, but the Senate is a lot more likely to pass it now than it was yep. when the Greens and Labor had effectively a casting vote. They don't have that anymore. The mm. bench, the, the government does not have to talk to the Greens no. or Labor to get this bill through. But, but there's still Jackie Lambie and Pauline Hanson and all those. Is it in the Senate now? Uh, well, it, so it was, it was originally passed by the House of Reps Went to the Senate, but was never voted on, and oh. then because it would never get it through, that was before the election. Yeah. Oh. Now it's it's still in the House of Reps. It right. was supposed to be debated on the I think it was Tuesday, the twenty sixth of November, but as of the twenty eighth, it hasn't been. It wasn't debated on that day because other things came up. So it it is it is on the 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 green and the red, which are the programs for the reps and the Senate. They've okay. got dates. For this to be voted on, yep. so it is going. It is going to a vote, and if it gets up, there's going to be, and it won't be a lot of clients. It'll be one or two clients, but, but you're not talking about a lot of money. $150 laundry expense. <laughs> you're talking about a million dollars worth of tax. That's amazing. But even if they don't get it up now, they'll. Mm. If they don't get it through the Senate, they may try again, and we might be having this conversation in February or March or April or May. Or June. Could oh, you gosh. sell the house in the next two days? No. Because it needs to be sold. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty amazing. Well, there's obviously got to be some changes, perhaps to the timing, but uh, there doesn't have to be. Nothing's set in concrete with, uh, with this, this government, it seems. Well, I, the timing may not, because the original bills had the same... Had, had You have to sell it by 1 July 2019. Ah. So the original bill had... You had to get it all sorted. So they're given one extra year yeah. because it didn't get passed uh, by yeah. the Parliament. Yep. But they're still backdating it all the way back to houses that were... Budget night 2017. Nine May 2017. Yeah, yeah which yeah. is it's pretty nasty. Yeah, I see. And all of the... all of the You know, if you ever go to... In, in many locations, there's a US-Australia um, business forum or a Hong Kong-Australia business forum. All those business forums have made representations to the government right. to say this is ridiculous. Right. So many of our members have houses that they've lived in back in Australia that you're going to take away their main residence exemption from. So mm. everyone knows, the, the expat community know about this. So if you do have expats as clients, 
they may have already heard about it through their expat community. Of course, of course. And, well, the thing is, you know, with the global market, I mean, there are a lot more people coming and going in the country and leaving the country and coming back again these days. So it's... Um has implications going into the future, of course. Yep. Yeah. Perfect. All right. Um, okay, Ken, um, that has been very informative. Uh, thank you for your time. And, no problem. Um, and say hello to Canberra from all of us in, in the rest of the country. I shall. Um, and we'll talk to you soon. Done.